Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Hope you're having a great day today. Today, we're going back to the book of John, and specifically, we're going back to John chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. Now, in episode, I believe, 7 and 8, we were in John 10, looking at how Jesus talked about himself being the shepherd, being the door, and then being the shepherd, and how the sheep knew his voice. Well, further down, we have verses 14 and 15 of John chapter 10, and it reads, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is a culmination of those other scriptures that we read in those other two episodes. Jesus finally comes right out and announces that he is the good shepherd. Not a good shepherd, because there are many good shepherds. But what makes Jesus the good shepherd? We'll come back to that in a minute. What I want us to first look at is the rest of the scripture. (laughs) Jesus, after his proclamation of being the good shepherd, to me, he starts to give a relational narrative. He goes to state that he knows who his sheep are and that they know him. This could be interpreted that Jesus has an exclusive flock, but I think that would be taking a very simplistic view without context or real understanding of the Word of God, especially the Old Testament, I believe. We know that God sent His Son for the world, right? And we have already established that Jesus, not Jesus, but God, works outside of time and space. They do not limit him. So God sees the beginning and the end. He created, the, he created everything. There is nothing that is occurring that he is not aware of, that he foreknew and has either orchestrated or has allowed. Nothing. So perhaps when Jesus makes the statement that he knows who his flock is and that they know him it could be that he understands and knows those of us who will hear his voice and then answer his call he knows if and when or when each one of us will surrender he knows who will not It isn't that we get some kind of special hearing device, those of us who are already in the body of Christ, because that wouldn't be based on our free will. We we chose to answer his call, and we chose to respond. I think an important question for us is, do we know that we're in the flock? (laughs) After free will... And and each one of us, those of us who are listening, I'm speaking, but those of you who are listening to the podcast, you decided to hear the voice of Jesus call you and you said yes. Do you really understand that you're in the flock? 
Jesus says that his own know him. I say this because our behaviors, going back to season one, you know, our behaviors aren't walking in the fruit of the spirit. And I know we have good days and then we have great days. We're not supposed to be perfect. But there are some believers whose walk is outside of the fruit of the spirit. In fact, their fruit just is underdeveloped, which sends a mixed signal to the world and to others. We need to know that we know that we know that we know. And then we are to behave accordingly. Okay, so that's your motherly admonishment for today. (laughs) But Jesus continues with this relational narrative. He knows us. We know him, and then he declares that the Father knows him, and he the Father. Why do you think he needed to put that in there? I think it's because it validates his authority as the Messiah. Even though he doesn't phrase it as such, but he's setting the stage for the people to begin to recognize that he is the Messiah and what his purpose is. His last statements then makes everything come full circle, at least for me. Because then he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Now there are two things here that I want to highlight. One, that Jesus is providing a foreshadow of his death, right? That he will be going to the cross. And as you know, you've read the New Testament over and over again in the in in the gospels Jesus talks to his disciples about you know he's going to suffer many things he's going to die he'll raise up in three days they seem to forget but Jesus has always been telling people that he is going to the cross and that is what he's doing here the second thing though is that that statement I lay down my life for the sheep validates John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Notice that Jesus says that he knows my own at the beginning and that they know him. But then he declares that he lays down his life for the sheep, not one sheep. And not my sheep. He didn't say I'm laying down my life for my sheep. I'm laying down my life for the sheep and the sheep being plural. Can you see it? It's mind blowing to me. Jesus died for all of us. Not just those of us who accept his sacrifice, but those who he knows will not. He died for them as well. And nothing can remove us from him once we accept him as our savior. Now let's circle back to what makes Jesus the good shepherd because he laid down his life for all. Not just his flock, but for everyone. Now how can this help you, my dear, sweet fellow caregiver? This is to remind you that you're his, that you belong to the flock of God, that he and the Father are watching over you 
and that because he laid down his life for you and you responded with yes, you are his. This should allow you to walk in the assurance of being loved and cared for and give you the strength each day to remind you that he is with you and that you are his. At least that's what I hope it does. Let's pray. Precious Father, we come to you in the name of the Good Shepherd, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for all and that we were able to hear his voice and say yes. We thank you for reminding us constantly that you love us and that there isn't anything that you wouldn't do to make sure that we know that you love us. Thank you for this scripture which reminds us just how you orchestrate things in our lives as you have crafted this wonderful love letter to us in the form of the Bible that reinforces that you love us, that you came for us, that you redeemed us. So too we ask that you continue to orchestrate and weave the things in our lives that will allow your love to be revealed through us. Help us on those down days where we need a little more encouragement. We ask that you send the encouragement to us, whether it be through a song, through scripture, or through a friend, or a child's laughter. And then, Father, on the days where you can use us to be a form of encouragement to someone else. I pray specifically for the caregivers who are listening because I know that they need an extra dose of encouragement as I did. And so I pray, Father, that you just show up in their lives in a mighty way so that they know that you are with them and that you will continue to be with them and walk them through this season. Bless the ones who they are caring for. We know that it is difficult to watch our loved ones suffering. But as you watched your son on the cross, Lord, help us to put our faith in you and recognize that you are good. And even though the situation is not good, that you will work it out for our good, for their good. We trust you and we love you. And we thank you for laying down your life for us. Help us, Lord, to lay our lives down for you so that you can have your perfect will being done in our lives. We love you and praise you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Know that you're loved today, dear one, and go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.